Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Good morning, good morning, and welcome to the second half of Saturday Mornings with Joy Keys. I'm your host, Joy Keys. Thank you so much for being patient. We had a little technical difficulties there, but we're ready to start now. And I have our special guest, Ashley Henry. I think this is him on the line. Joy, how's it going? Good morning. Hi. So sorry about that. You know computers. (laughs) But I'm glad (laughs) we connected. Yeah, likewise. You you are across the pond. Yeah, most definitely. I'm um, currently in South London. Um, Yeah, yeah. missing being in the States, though. Uh, Can't wait to play music out there again. I think I was last there... I was uh, with the Jazz Fest last year with Giles Peterson at Le Poisson Rouge in New York. And, yeah, I just love the energy you always, you know, being in New York and or being in Philly. And, yeah, I just can't wait to get back out there and start making music again. I mean, COVID has really put a dent in a lot of musicians, you know, livelihood. How have you been maintaining your livelihood, so to speak? Oh, man. Um, at the moment, I've just been working on new music actually which has been really really um a really good way of like keeping me sane throughout this whole process and um just adapting really i've um i've been doing a podcast series myself actually and i've um been doing a lot of production uh different brand partnerships that naturally had a little window where i managed to do a couple shows like late last year i've managed to have a show in sweden and i did two nights at ronnie scott's which was like, it was actually um, kind of crazy playing like after seven months of nothing. And prior to that, actually, um, I put together um, a post-COVID show. So at the time, we were allowed to have events on, but only outdoors. So um, mm-hmm. I was the first. I was the first to put together like, I was the first jazz musician to put together a show. So. Um, I got together some of the best jazz musicians on the scene, Shabaka Hutchins, Binker Golden, um, uh, David Rappel from Blue Lab Beats, and we just we just played straight, like didn't um, call any repertoire or play anyone's tunes. We just played, you know, just improvised on the spot. And it was such an amazing moment and a good reflection of um, how, especially during these times, um, people really using music as a way to help them get through the hard times they're going through. And on the flip side, musicians, we obviously miss performing and we miss the community aspects of it. But at the same time, it's it's like to be an artist during this time, it's like you have to fight for it and also fighting for survival, you know? Yeah, definitely. Having having that all reflected through sound was such a moment. And, um, yeah, it was such an amazing gig and such an amazing such an amazing experience for everybody like it was um we was all part of it it wasn't just the musicians the audience was also just as much a part of it as the music and 
you know, and prior up to that point, we've all been doing live streams and it all just felt so isolated and so disconnected and I don't know, just doing jazz, like online streaming and all that sort of stuff with no audience interaction. It was just, it's not the same. Yes, it's not, it's the, not same. the same. I mean, I've done theater. I've done theater, and I, the the audience energy when you're face to face is not the same as doing a commercial. You know, let me play one of your songs. I still believe it's it's from your from your album. So hold on, let me play that oh, for the yeah. audience. You had Milton Suggs. Uh, how did you connect with Milton? Did you know him beforehand, or somebody recommended him? How did you connect with Milton? Uh, it's funny, actually. Um, I was I was record I was crate digging in New York at the time. I think this was a couple of years back, actually. And um, I found an amazing record, uh, Kitty Bay, which featured his dad on bass. Then I showed it to my manager at the time. You know, you know his son. Um, He's an amazing vocalist as well. He's on the scene doing this and that and sent me some videos of him singing because I mm. didn't really make that connection. And I was like, damn, he's, Milton's amazing. And, um, <laughs> and I was actually in the process of, like, writing my album and all that sort of stuff, and then I had this song in mind. And then after hearing, like, just his tone and the way he he manages to convey his message through just singing, man, and... I was just like, I have to try and make something happen and, you know, reach out to him and see if he's uh, interested in doing something together. And, um, yeah, I was just so, I was so pleased with, like, the result that came of it. And mm. and actually being able to perform it for the first time last year as well, Winter Jazz. And it was the first time we actually met in person. <laughs> so Wow, that was, really? That was okay, really cool. okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> That's crazy. Now, you have a relative. Your uncle, I believe, was a keyboard player. Tell us about him and how he might have influenced you. Yeah, I mean, very musical family. Um, a bit of backstory to that. Um, so, like, I grew up in, like, a little estate in South London, and my parents' my parents' house was, like, the place for, like, the crazy house parties and all that sort of stuff. And, um, <laughs> and so, like, that, that kind of area, that commune was like um very much a big melting pot of like the afro-caribbean community at the time like in the early 90s mm -hmm. so and you know my parents place was like the place for like all the crazy house parties and um my godparents who lived a few doors down they owned the sound system and all that sort of stuff so there was just always like music going on and in the house and all that sort of thing like my dad always um also plays the piano. There was always a, always a piano in the house, and yeah, and my uncle would come over and play. He plays as well um, professionally, and I always used to um, get taken out to go and see him perform. Actually, and I think my earliest memory of seeing my uncle play keys was uh, 
I think he was playing with uh, this band Eternal at the time, this girl group, but he was also playing alongside this American this American R and B group called Mint Condition and that's and from then, from really early on, that really put me on to the music that was going on in the States and really um yeah, paying attention to like the musicians in America that were, you know, playing in bands and all that sort of stuff, not just the commercial music that was happening. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Let so. me play let me play another one of your songs. I'm going to play Colors. This is just a, a different um, song from your album. This album actually came out, was it 2019, correct? 2019? Yeah, September 2019, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, oh, and this is called Colors. Back when it London was great, great. Teddy boys, losing folk. Murders in the broadest day. Racist nonsense. But look how we responded. Joshua, I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing his name right. Edenhen? Edenhen? How do you say his last name? Yeah, that's right. Okay. (laughs) So you have a a variety of styles um, throughout your other, your EP and and this album. Um, Which one is your favorite? I know you started with actually classical, but what's your favorite um, form of music? Or do you have a favorite? Oh, That's really hard to say, you know, because it's like that the way that my album was put together is a reflection of my musical upbringing and also reflects that I got into jazz quite late. I didn't start listening to jazz till I was about 18, 19. So literally up until then... Wait a second, wait like, a second. You said, you said kind of late. Uh, you know, honey, I'm like 51. So now it's, for me, if you used to say late would be like, I got into jazz like when I'm 40. You said 18. Do you know people? <laughs> I just want to make sure everybody heard that. You know, hey, that was late, you know. But cat, you know, he's a cool cat. <laughs> no, for like a jazz musician. <laughs> no, for a, for a jazz musician, you know. <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah, yeah no, but most he started, jazz he started with I classical. Yes. <laughs> yeah, started with classical and, um, yeah, I didn't get into jazz till obviously, 1819. But prior till then, I was, like, listening to, obviously, the Birth of Grime and UK Garage at the time and all the dark music that was kind of, the sub subgenres that have that came from uh dance hall and you know roots reggae and all that sort of stuff. So the generation below that started to make their own music and I was kinda in the midst of witnessing the birth of all of that, um, during my mm-hmm. upbringing. So I was listening to that and then obviously the interconnectedness of the uh, exportation of music between the US and the UK was, you know, always still prominent from way back when. So obviously hip hop and R and B was always on the on the on the airwaves and stuff and on TV. So it's just a big amalgamation of like all the good stuff. And then obviously uh, 
I was like just copying like pop tunes by ear, like the Stevie Wonders and Marvin Gaye's and stuff, like playing records at home and just like just working stuff out by ear. But I didn't really, I wasn't able to like articulate what I was doing until I got into jazz, and then that's when everything kind of clicked. And you know, so in terms of just like having so many different grooves and different styles throughout my album, it just really reflects like just the wide variety of music I was just listening to and just soaking in like throughout my years. Yeah, you've so played with really some say, great like, people a, too. Oh, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, so I can't, sorry, I can't really say I have like a favorite genre. It's just music is just music to me. And if it, if it makes me feel, then yeah, I'm down for that. <laughs> mhm, mhm. I feel you. Um, you know, Jason Marcellus, you've played with him. He's been on the show before. You have Keon Harold uh, on, on this album. Um, he's collaborated with Terrence Blanchard. Who would you like to play with in the future? Ooh. Um, I understand Christian McBride's cousin. I'd love to play with him one day. He's he's like one of my favorite favorite musicians, favorite jazz musicians. Um mm. Uh, I love uh, Marcus Gilmore, amazing drummer. Um, um, who else? I love to play Are there with... any singers? Any singers you want to collaborate? Because you have several singers. You have some rappers. Any other um, singers or rappers you might want to collaborate with in the future? Ooh, that's so difficult. There's so many. Uh... <laughs> okay, give me three. Give me three. <laughs> Um, I would love to collaborate with, hmm, that, that, that's really difficult for me, actually. That's really difficult. Okay, you know, when someone asks you something and your, your mind just goes blank. Yeah, let's come back to that. Let's come back to we'll, that. We'll, we'll come back to that. Okay, let's talk about your dad dressing up as Santa. Because I read about that. <laughs> what, what, what was the situation with your dad dressing up like Santa? <laughs> I think, like, the nursery I was going to at the time, like, we had, um, we just had, like, this Christmas thing going on, and I just remember, um, the nursery was, like, that's, like, one of my earliest memories as a kid, like, um, having this Christmas thing on my nursery, and then it was, like, oh, yeah, do you want to meet Santa? And then we, like, lined up, and then you go into, you go into this room, and you meet Santa Claus, and then I just remember, like just sitting on my dad's lap, he thinks that, you know, he's obviously like turning on his character and stuff, and then I'm just staring at him because I knew it was him. And <laughs> mm. um, yeah, I didn't know that they kind of could do that, but it's just like I was just so surprised at the time, you know. But, that yeah, would have been really wild. <laughs> <laughs> Look, just random. You got to be ready. You, you got to be ready you when you come on my show. I, I try to dig up all kinds of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> you just can't make something like that up. It's just, it's just bizarre. <laughs> Crazy. You know what? Let me play another song um, from from the album. This is uh, Dark Honey. Thank you. 
was Dark Honey from your latest album. Let me ask you, who's who you're collaborating with on that um, song? On this track, on that track, uh, McKay McCraven on drums, uh, Jamie Branch on trumpet. Uh, yeah, that was yeah, it was an amazing session, man. Um, that was when um, a couple of years back, um, a DJ from the UK put together this event called Chicago London. So she put together um, some of the best musicians from the UK, and then she managed to fly over some of the best musicians from Chicago, being uh, most of them being from the label. Uh, international anthem so mccain mccraven jamie branch uh angela oracle all those guys they came down and we played our own music and also played together and then on the morning of the second day uh we managed to put together a recording session so we recorded a few tracks from my album from the track you just heard uh dark honey and then we also um recorded some of mccain mccraven's album universal beings because I think he recorded that album in four different cities. So he did L.A., New York, Chicago, and then he did London. So I played on the London part of his album. And it was all recorded. That and Dark Honey was recorded on that same day in London. So did you, um, how did you, how long did it take you to create this album? I heard you do rent it like a, a studio for like a week, uh, or was it longer? Yeah, besides the Dark Honey track, I, um, I booked the studio out for a whole week and then literally just had different musicians, different artists coming in and out throughout that week. And um, yeah, it was intense, uh, but but it was um, I really enjoyed the process and um, it was such a huge learning curve for me as well. Did it take, what about your EPs? How long, your your two other EPs? Uh, my two other EPs, my first EP, I recorded that in one day. Um, a good friend of mine, like, literally lent me, uh, had a free day of the studio that he owned, and um, he was really, he really digged what I was doing and believed in what I was doing, and, um, yeah, so I, I went to record that, and then literally I did a gig at Jazz Refresh, and Jazz Refresh, they're not just a record label, they, um, they've had this night at this venue in West London, which is unfortunately shut down now, but um, they had that night going for like over 15 years, and um, the musicians they brought through that door is just legendary. So um, I did a gig at Jazz Refreshed one night, and um, then they pulled me to one side. They saw that I was new and new to the scene and all that sort of stuff. I was like, oh, okay, so what are you working on? I was like, actually, I'm going in the studio next week. And they was like, oh, do you want to <laughs> release it with us? And literally that's how that's how things kind of kick-started and I never really looked back. I, I saw that you played at this observatory um, and you were like the first musician to do that. Tell the audience a little bit about that. Yeah. So the Royal Observatory is like 300 years old and so can say that gig was 300 years in the making. So um, one of the curators at the Royal Observatory, they had um, a really cool idea of me uh, performing a live score to live visuals of space. Mm. So literally I did exactly that. And um, it was such an amazing experience being able to 
connect with people through um, images of the universe that we're all a part of. And at the same time, all that we don't know that much about, which is kind of cool and mm-hmm. serious at the same time. But yeah, it was a, it was a, in a weird way, it was like this really like bonding experience between me, myself, and the audience. It was, it, I was yeah, it was a really amazing experience. When I was a kid, we used to go to this place called the Franklin Institute that's here in Philadelphia, and they had, like, an observatory thing. I mean, now yeah. they have, you know, people trying to go to um, uh, Mars. Would you ever go to Mars uh, for, for a trip um, with Elon Musk, you know, the, the guy who, who does the electric cars? I've seen some images of that. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, yeah, I'd love, to, I'd love to go out of space one day. Who knows? Maybe Maybe that might be the solution one day when... <laughs> you know, yeah. Let's see if um, let's see if there's water over there first, though. <laughs> <laughs> Just small, minor detail. We need some water, you know. Um, but it's it's a big thing, you know. We're our planet is going through so much change, and we do so much damage yeah. that, you know, that there, there are, you know, mm. we we need to look into other ways to do things, but also maybe other places to live. Um, let me play mm. some more of your music here. Uh, this is going to be uh, Between the Lines. Uh, this is with uh, Keon Harold. Shine up a higher light, my ambition is not for sale Sticking to vision, the mission isn't a one to fail I've been ever one to fail, I figure we on the way up Got them bugging enough, in my name saying enough From when I speak, then I fumble over the words that I bust I'ma keep it really real, 100, no wonder I'm up Others try as they might, we let them go for it Select the flow within, respect them over it Beneath the words you speak, I seek an opening For me to know what is the motive in what you promote And keep your theme of souls apart of every so Ashley, uh, what's your favorite um, piano? Like, do you have a certain brand that you play or travel with, or you say, look, when I get there, this type of thing has to, this kind of organ has to be there. What do you, what do you like? Um, for me, in terms of keyboards, uh, a Nord Stage is always the best option for me, and, and how versatile it is. I've done, uh, I've done big pop gigs playing big arenas. Um, main stage festivals on Nords and I've also done jazz shows with me or with Terence or with Keon or you know whoever on Nords as well and I just love how versatile that keyboard is and for pianos, acoustic pianos I've just got to go with um, Steinway always but at Mm. the same time I did play um, a Fazioli one time but that and you know that just blew my mind but there's only like a few of them around the world or something like that. So, so why did that blow your mind? <laughs> what was what was special about that one? Like Steinways are amazing, but just it's like everything you could imagine for a piano to literally be perfect in the way in just the action of it. The sound, mm-hmm. uh, the resonance, um, the finish, the attention to detail, and it, it kind of made me um, understand why there's only 
and only select few around the world because it must take so long to put together because just the attention to detail is insane. Mm. <laughs> and um, yeah, I remember playing it one time in uh, Helsinki, and I was just like, wow. Like, I remember just like, hype <laughs> around Fazioli's, and I was like, oh, yeah, whatever, it's just the piano. And then I actually sat down and played one chord, and I was like, oh, okay. And just an instrument that can make you play differently is, you know, yeah, is something not to be reckoned with, you know. Yeah, it's a challenge for you. What What would you tell young, I'll say young, uh, pianists, jazz players, what would you tell young artists? to uh, be prepared for when they go out in the world, so to speak? What, in terms of journey as an artist or just in general? Um, I'd, in I'd say... Artist, yes. Mm-hmm, yeah. yeah, I'd say because some the music and everything else will follow. What about the business side, though? What should they be wary of and, and, and should they not do or, or, or do, you know? Mm, I'd say um, always surround yourself or, you know, don't be afraid to ask advice from musicians that are older and more experienced than you, especially people that you have access to. And don't be afraid to reach out to people, ask those questions, you know, get get that information, get as much information as you can. Because, um, you know, there's only so much that an institution will teach you especially as being like a self-employed musician and even little things like, well, it's not a little thing, but, you know, doing your taxes and all that sort of mm-hmm, stuff, learning mm-hmm. how to, you know, yeah. run a business as as a, as an artist, you know. So just things like that, being able to, from my experience, being able to talk to older musicians that were more experienced than me or, you know, just those conversations were like just so important for you know, my journey. Let's listen to Pressure from Beautiful Vinyl Hunter. Now, what are you working on now, and, and when can we expect to see the next album? Ooh, right now, I'm working on a new record that should be out. Um, hopefully, going to be dropping a single later on this year. And yeah, and hopefully, um, I'll be back out in the States very soon. Like, uh, when obviously, when things get better in terms of COVID and that sort of stuff, I know the vaccine's rolling out. So, fingers crossed. You know, we'll be able to see a Winter Jazz Fest 2022, you know? Or, yeah. Uh, Isn't that crazy? It's like almost two years of our lives were disrupted I know, I know, I know. For, for, I this, know. for this illness. And, you know, p- people have lost family and friends. And then, and, and at the same time, like, like you said, for artists, this is a, an important time really because they can help people heal. 
music music yes. is a powerful instrument for for healing. You know what I mean? Definitely. What's going to be on Definitely. the new album? Can you can you tell us? Is it going to be jazz? Is it going to be rap? Is it vocals? What 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 can we see on the new album? Um, I've actually started singing more, so you're gonna uh, be getting more vocals from me, and um, obviously a few more, a few different guests, um, uh, musicians that I've been collaborating with for a long time. So yeah, I'm really excited, and this uh, it all sounds like a natural progression from the last record. So yeah, I can't wait. Where, I can't wait to share it with. Where everybody. will we? Where will we see Ashley Henry in ten years from now? Where will he be? Ten years. What will he be doing? Ten years from Ten now. Ten years from now. Um, hopefully still touring, making music, and um, yeah, writing for different things and doing yeah, just still still writing, still producing, and making music, and that's that's what I want to see myself. That's what years, you want to so. do. What's your favorite food? What's your favorite dish that you uh, ate growing up? My favorite dish, I think it would have to be um, Akin saltfish, which is like a old school Jamaican dish. And uh, who makes my it best? Is it somebody? Your mom cooked that. Yeah, yeah. And then I learned how to cook that when I was about when I was about to go to university. I had to learn to cook that. So literally, that's like one of my favorite dishes. Every time I come home from like a tour or whatnot, I always that always makes me feel at home, you know. Mm, mhm, mhm. Where is your <laughs> favorite place to visit? Like you've been so many places and toured. Where Where's your favorite place to to visit? Um, always love going to Jamaica to see my family, and every mm-hmm. time I go back there, it always I don't know. I just feel more connected. Because, to, um, to the people, just to just to my lineage, because it's where both my parents come from, and like just going back there and eating the food there, and just being there and hearing the music there, everything just makes more sense, you mm-hmm. know. Mhm. Mhm. Because literally, wow. my upbringing was literally just seeing Jamaicans in the UK, but actually going back, you know, and experiencing life there you it just yeah it just makes more sense of you know where you've come from and you won't know where you're going until you know where you've come from you know so and I was lucky mm-hmm. enough to have been going back to visit there like um quite regularly since I was a kid because my parents really wanted to install that in me that's um one of the things you talk about on your album you know um you know Africans uh well I'll say people of African descent you know, the Caribbean, mm. uh, bringing that to London. And a lot of African-Americans aren't familiar with that history of, you know, people from the islands going over, you know, to the U.K. and establishing uh, households and dealing with racism and all kinds of crazy stuff, just like we did did here, you know. Um, that's why it was funny when they talked about, like, you know, the, the British, you know, uh, queen and all, there's no racism. <laughs> Uh, what did you think yeah, about I mean, that article and stuff <laughs> about them talking about that? Oh, man, I mean, the the that family has so much blood on their hands. I just can't even. I don't know where to start. 
Yeah. Like, they they did to slavery what Michael Jordan did to basketball. <laughs> they just took it to a new level. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I, and mm-hmm. that goes with saying how swept under the carpet that history is. You know, the whole British Empire and nobody knows, you know, the fact why so many Jamaicans are here because we were owned by the British Empire. Jamaica was part of the British Commonwealth and so was Nigeria and so was St. Lucia and, you know, all these countries that mm-hmm. were colonized and, yeah. you know, we were, yeah, and it, the history behind, you know, Caribbeans migrating to the UK even before the Windrush and going to the UK as well, you know, you've got some, some of the best jazz musicians come from Jamaica and some of the best hip-hop musicians come from Jamaica, Biggie Smalls, uh, you know, all these people, um, you know, and there's British musicians that came from Jamaica that lived in Britain in the 1930s, like Ken Snake, Hip Johnson, and they all got killed in the war. They had a residency at Café de Paris in London. So there's such a massive interconnectedness between the Caribbean, the UK, and the U.S. with jazz and hip-hop mm-hmm. yeah, and that not the, that many the, people know about. Yeah, they, they don't teach, you know, that in, in our schools about that type of history. It's like it's whitewashed, if you will. Um, and yes. I'm sure there's things that, you know, maybe you guys aren't familiar with with our with our history, but it's, it's all, all interconnected because slavery happened, you know, all over different parts of the globe. And like you said, they were like the Michael Jordan of, you know, slavery and the slave trade. Um, and yeah. it's, um, you know, it's inter- what do you see now for um, uh, Jamaicans, people from the Caribbean now in the UK? Do you feel it's better? If not, what can be done to make it better? I mean, I don't know if things are better or worse, but I think we just need to... Um, try our best to educate the next generation coming up so they have more of a sense of belonging and a sense of community and um yeah just, and more of a sense of self because if we just rely on um our kids being taught by what they're being taught at school you know i think that's part of the problem i think we need to do our bit to educate um you know our younger generations in terms of where we've come from and, you know, how things are interconnected and why we are here, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, I appreciate you coming on. I apologize for the technical stuff earlier. I'm going to send out a new link no, no uh, for the show. But um, this is a fabulous album and just such variety. There's Thank something you. on there for everybody. And also, you know, you have a little social political stuff going on um and you have uh, male voices female voices it's, it's a lot it, even like the mighty i'm going to play that now when we when we finish the show but so it's just so many songs and that's that's why i wanted to have you on again you know there's wonderful artists of african descent all over and um i just like to highlight them and and uh and their work so thank you oh thank you for having me it's a pleasure well, you have a great day. Uh, stay safe with this COVID. I guess wash your hands, wear your mask, stay six feet apart. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so you can make that next album and come back on the show. Yeah.
No, I'd love to. No, thank you. Yeah. No, I'd love to come All back right. soon and yeah, hopefully you can meet one day. Yeah, that would be great. Thank you so much again. You have a great weekend, okay? All right, you too. Take care. Okay, bye-bye. Bye. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Uh, I just got off the phone with musician, pianist, organist, Ashley Henry. Wow. Uh, composer, uh, awesome talent. I think just in the beginning of his career, uh, still very young and, and putting out some awesome work. So uh, I, I, I'm going to give away some of his albums. And so you want to follow me at Joy Keys on Twitter. Also check me out on Facebook, Saturday Mornings with Joy Keys, and on Instagram, Saturdays with Joy Keys. Um, also, uh, you can check out Ashley Henry's website. Um, it's AshleyHenryMusic.com. Check out there. He has videos, uh, information about where he's going to be performing. And also, he's on YouTube. Um, you know, check him out there, Ashley Henry. Just do a search. And um, I think you'll really like some of the uh, videos that, that he did in relation to these songs. So I'm going to play um, The Mighty, which is actually the last song on the album, but it has a it's a very interesting mix of sounds, and uh, I think it's uh, like representative of him. Like you said, he has a variety of sounds in his head, and uh, he couldn't pick his favorite type of music, so he just put them all on here. It's like a big salad. You guys have a great weekend. I'll see you next weekend, and uh, be safe. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.